Hi, everybody. I'm Ronnie. Hello, and I'm Jenny, and we are... We are the Heart and Soul Sisters. You got that right. <laughs> and Jenny, uh, Jenny's putting on her happy face, trying to smile, because this is the second time we're doing this podcast. Because <laughs> Ronnie forgot to hit record. Rest him, press him, press him, press him. <laughs> and it's really, it's really bad, because... It's we're in the middle of a heat wave. Um, it's uh, it's it's what 90, 90 degrees. Ninety is going to be ninety three oh, where you are. My gosh, yes, and very humid. Which you know for early summer is not typical yeah. around here. And I and I'm in the upper eighties. You know, I'm in the Adirondacks. You're on Lake Superior. Early June. Yeah. When we're recording this is not uh, is not really yeah. the. It's a terrible heat wave. So, so if we don't melt before your very eyes, video viewers, we might spontaneously combust. So if we end suddenly, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to the beach today. I don't yes. usually jump in Lake Superior in in June. I usually wait July and August. Those are my months to go float along the shore and and do my laps. But because yeah, I'm going in. And, be- and you know if you. I was going to say, it'll be 60 degrees probably. (laughs) That's fine. I don't care. (laughs) And the, and the nice thing is, is once you jump in Lake Superior, uh, it just five, 10 minutes and you're, you know, you're cool for the rest of the day. You're all numb. It works. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) So yeah, you just stay in until your lips start to turn purplish blue and then you're good. You got to get out. (laughs) Nature's air conditioning. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, so, so, so today we're talking about continuing in our, our series of people we love and we're talking about Glennon Doyle. And yes, we are. Um, we discovered her book untamed. Actually, my daughter discovered it. And uh, so that's yes. actually the only, only thing of hers I'm familiar with, but, um, she listened to it and, uh, said, Oh mom, mom, you got to listen to this book. And so I listened to it and then I said to the rest of the crew, we got, we all got to listen to this book. Yep, um, that's what we usually do with books. We're yes, like, I'm how, listening to, to it. You're listening to it. We're all we're listening, all listening to, it. to it. <laughs> and these yeah, days, so. for for these books, I tend to listen to more books, at least personal books that I read for pleasure than than reading them. Yeah. We often will go back and buy the book so we can make notes and go over it again, <laughs> listen to it. Yes, so that's kind of nuts. But anyway, um, so uh, so yeah, Jenny, I was going to throw it to you. What what? Why did you love Untamed? What was what was exciting about it for you? I yeah, I just loved her Glennon Doyle's um honesty and her uh you know being I think we we like that word transparent, but just being being so authentic and mm-hmm. coming forward and saying this is this is who I am. This is where I've come from. This is, you know, my, all my, my talents of who I am, but also my shadow self. I mean, she shared some things in the book that, you know, are very personal that are, you know, for some would be um, embarrassing or you might feel shame over them. And, and just really, I think embraces herself all of who she is in, in such a beautiful way, because we're, you know, we're all this way. We all have, the side that we want to show to the world that we'll, we'll get accolades for. And then there's the shadow self, you know, those other parts of us that we don't want to share our failures, our, our poor choices, you know, that we regret, you know, any, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, 
that we feel like we have maybe lost face over, you know, or, or might have a hard time accepting in ourselves. Um, And so she just really, I just think what just in such a beautiful way shared, you know, in different little chapters, like different mini stories of who she is, what, what, you know, some of the choices she's made, what she's learned from those things. Right. And I just thought it was beautiful. And, um, and her path toward um, really her partner, Abby, which is mm-hmm. just such a beautiful story. Yeah. And so heartfelt. And I just have a tremendous amount of, of um, affection and, and admiration for both of them. Right. Uh, and, and how they, how they just like fiercely live their lives and, and accepting who all of who they are. Yeah. And that's a just such a beautiful thing. Um, so because that's I think what we're all we're all called to do. You know, we're all called to live more fully who we are, not not to live our lives by trying to please others, whether that's our parents or you know, our coworkers or friends or whoever, um, mm-hmm. our family members. You know, we we tend to, you know, look to other people you know, often to say, okay, is this okay? You know, is, am I being the person you want me to be, you know, or do I need to change, you know, like a chameleon change my colors, you know, to make, make you happy and make you like me and make you want to, you know, keep loving me. Um, I think a lot of us tend to do that. And certainly those of us who are survivors, I mean, we learned to survive by bending to someone else's will, right. Right. Or, or giving in and, and so it's really, I think, even more of an uphill climb for um, people who have survived adverse childhood experiences to really figure out who am I really? You know, what do I really want? What really makes me happy or makes me feel more fully alive? And so that's where I'm, you know, listening to her her book and her story was just really moving because that's what I've been doing certainly as an, as an individual, but I think we've been trying to help each other as yeah. sisters is yeah. living more fully stepping out and saying, yep, this is who I am. This is where I came from. And this is how I'm, how I'm trying to find more full healing and living more fully who I am and figuring out, who I really am. Right. Know? Right. And so, yeah, so I just really um, have great admiration for, for um, Glennon Doyle and for Abby and their family. Yeah. That, that they're being so open and sharing their story. It's, it's was amazingly encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. The other part about that, I think that, that you and I talked about, um, is that it's not just that she's sharing things that, you know, kind of without fear of judgment, right? That, that some people might say, well, I'm not going to tell people this thing about me because they might look at me differently, judge me negatively, whatever. Um, but that um, she, she really says that, that I am who I am today because of all these experiences. And we've both right. said the same thing many times to each other, right. to ourselves. It's like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that happened that we didn't have any control over that we didn't like. On the other hand, we're doing things now that we would not have done 
had we not had those experiences, had we not gone through those experiences, had we not learned something from those experiences. And so um, that's the other thing that really resonated with me is that she, she not only embraces it all, but says, this is what made me who I am. It's not just that I'm willing to live with the fact that certain things happened that, that um, were difficult, but, uh, but that it's because of those things, not in spite of those things right, that I am right, who exactly. I am. And I embrace that. Even some of her poor choices, you know, that she shares, you know, some of the choices that she made that she right. is less than proud of, but that how reflecting back how those choices shaped who she is and helped yeah. her to become a better person, want to become a better person. Yeah. It's just awesome. And also her being so beautifully open about her struggle with depression and anxiety. Yes. Um, and, and she talks some about her, 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 her struggle with addiction. Um, and, and I know that we've shared that in last year's podcast, talking about um, my struggles with depression, anxiety since childhood yeah. and, you know, and the medications being on medications at different times and some medications helped me and some didn't, you know, and, um, and just that, that whole, letting go of the stigma that oftentimes our society, our family members, our friends who mean well, you know, want to say, Oh, well, you don't really need that medication. You know, um, research shows that counseling is just as good. Well, that's for reactive depression, you know, but it, it's really, it's really awesome how she, and I'll let you take that over <laughs> and talk about how yeah. you shared. Yeah. About with your, your, with um, my students. students, but that, you know, that's certainly something that I've, I've struggled with as a provider, a family practice provider um, with my patients for years of them coming in and say, yeah, well, I was feeling really good, but I stopped taking the medication because my family member was really giving me a hard time or my spouse or my sister or my brother or my best friend, you know, and told me that I shouldn't be taking that, that it's, it's damaging my brain and all that. And it's like, what? Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, right. and I am constantly, you know, having to tell people your family member loves you, I'm sure, but they are misinformed and they, they are not, they are not giving you sound advice because they're giving you advice out of ignorance. And so take that away, Ronnie. Go well, it's just, yeah, I mean, because it's, there's still so much of a stigma. Right. In our society. That's exactly the word I was going to use. That there's so much stigma that people view mental illness itself as a weakness. And then if you're taking something to try to help with the mental illness, that also makes you weak. Like you should just buck up and get over it, right? If you're depressed, just get out there and go for a walk and get over it, right? You're anxious. Well, just calm down, yeah. take, take a deep breath and get over it. And so I, um, I teach in a, a program that is focused on wellness. And we look at like the biopsychosocial model of well-being in the broadest possible sense. And we were talking about anxiety, depression, and medications and those sorts of things. And I had a student share exactly what you're talking about. She said, you know, I was really struggling and, um, I went on medication about six months ago and I feel so much better. I'm just happier. I'm getting my work done. I enjoy my schoolwork done. I enjoy the job that I have. Um, she said, but my family's pressuring me to get off of it now that I'm doing better, right? I'm doing better now. So they want me to get off of it. And I said, First, thank you for sharing that with us, right? Second, let me tell you about this book I read not too long ago. <laughs> I said, and I kind of described it. And one of my students, as I was describing, I said, is that untamed? I said, yes, it is untamed. 
I said, I want to tell you something that this author shares. And she's, and I say, she's very open about her struggle with anxiety and depression. And she says in no uncertain terms, I love my meds. Do not try to take my meds away from me. Um, I need my meds. She said, if any, and if you are someone who struggles with anxiety, depression, and you, your medic, you have medication, medication helps you. And somebody tries to tell you or to shame you into giving them up, tell them, I said, and forgive the vernacular here because I don't normally use this word, but Glennon Doyle says, tell that well-meaning person to fuck all the way off, all the way, not halfway, all the way, because they don't know what they're talking about. And my student was so grateful. She was tearful. She said, thank you so much. Thank you so much for telling me. And I could see in her the resolve to go out there and say to her mother, it was her mother in particular who was, who was on her, no, <laughs> you can't have my meds, right? They are working for me. I'm going to continue to take them. So just that alone was worth the price of admissions, right? To have that message and be able to <laughs> amplify that message out there in the world. Um, yeah. So I, that, that really, that jumped, I laughed right out loud when I heard that in the I did audio, too. you know, it's like, I did God too. bless you. That's, we need yeah. people to be brutally honest, direct about these yeah. kinds of things, whether it's mental illness or childhood trauma or, you know, anything else that we have stigmatized in our culture. We need voices out there with megaphones saying, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, do what you're doing, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, keep doing that, right? All of those messages are so important. And that's, you know, one of the things I really loved about, about her book. They are. They are. And I love, I, I really, I really love that she was so, because what she talked about of creating this, you know, it's partly about her, her and Abby's love story. Yes. Of meeting each other and falling in love. And, and how, how they, you know, she, she didn't receive support really in the beginning and how they just decided to create their own island and that only people that loved them and, and supported them and were nurturing toward them were allowed on their island. Right. And that's really what you and I did. Yes. 26, seven years ago. Yeah. And said, you know, we um our islands with our our bridge connecting us. yeah connecting our <laughs> islands <laughs> but we 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 really had to say enough is enough you know what's important is that our little family units are are bathed in love and yes. safe and yes. yes and that you know our spouses our children are are protected and and then it became more and more than just about protection it was about we have the right to thrive. We have the right to be just surrounded by loving, supportive, supportive people. And that, mm-hmm. so that became relationships in terms of adopted family, friends, you know, right. and mm-hmm. it's like only people are going to be allowed into our circle who are fully embrace us and, and, and help lift us up as we would want to help lift our loved ones up. Right. And it just, I just loved how she talked about that and she yeah. took it even even further yeah um, well, in well her book. yeah the thing the thing that really struck me was that it wasn't that like she talked specifically about her parents 
And it wasn't that her parents necessarily dis- disapproved of her relationship with Abby, but they were afraid, right? They were afraid yeah. of, um, you know, the kids potentially being stigmatized, bullied, treated poorly yeah. at school or How other are people going to treat you. Yeah. Kind of these, this nebulous sort of, uh, you know, uh, list of fears and, and, um, and it, so it wasn't in their case, it wasn't that it was abuse necessarily as we were, you know, concerned about, but just like, you're not going to bring your fear, right? If you can't embrace us joyfully for who we are until you can embrace us joyfully for who we are, no, you're not coming to see us. We're not, we're not going to subject ourselves. Your fear is your problem, essentially. And um, it, it resonated with me for the reasons that you said, that it was very similar to our story. But it also brought me back to when my daughter was early in high school, and she had a really close friend who was a, a boy. Um, and he came out uh, to his family and didn't get, didn't get, a real supportive response um, that's since changed, thankfully for him. Um, but initially, it wasn't very was the family wasn't as supportive as he would have hoped. Um, and we were because he and my daughter were very close, and the families were close, right? He we were one of the first people he came out to outside of his family, and of course, it didn't change anything for us. You know, he's still who he is, and and we loved him, and he was you know very appreciative of that. And, um, and he and my daughter continued to be close. They, you know, in, in that time, the show Will and Grace was very popular and they used to refer to themselves as Will and Grace. They did everything together and they were just, just thick as thieves. And, and shortly after this young man came out, uh, my daughter came to me and said, mom, what would you do if I uh, told you I was a lesbian? And I said, I would love you, right? It wouldn't change how I feel about you at all. Um, I said, but I would be very worried for you. I would be afraid for you to be a lesbian in a society that still stigmatizes that identity. And even, you know, people get targeted for abuse and for, for um, you know, other forms of violence even. I said, that would worry me. And doggone it, if Glennon Doyle doesn't talk about that, right? In her book, she talked about how... Yes. Um, you know, that fear, right? That I, I essentially was saying, I would be afraid for you. And that's yeah. what her parents were doing. And she said, nope, you will, you shall not pass. Right. Um, right. Thought, oh, rats. And then, and then <laughs> she talks about how, um, you know, she's right. Our, our, yeah, she's absolutely right. Yeah. And then she talks about how our society says like the, res, the pat response. Um, if, people are coming out or like you see it in the movies. She talks about in the movie, she was watching, actually watching a movie where a woman was just, I think it was a young woman was disclosing uh, that she was gay. And, and her parents said that, you know, I love you. And Glennon's thinking, don't say it, don't say it. And they said, I love you no matter what. Right. And she said, no, no, I don't want you. I just want you to say, I love you. Can we just, can that be the full sentence? Can that be the full response? It's like, okay, maybe there are some things out there to be afraid of. Maybe, you know, we do live in a social context, but can we just have pure love and acceptance? Can, can that just be the way we interact with each other? And so it made me feel bad about that response to my daughter some, gosh, that would be 15, almost 20 years ago that, um, that, that, uh, that we had that conversation. So, um, but I get it. I, I understand what she's saying, right? Can we just say, right. I love you? 
and um, and I support I you. And if and if something comes up that's difficult, then it comes up, and then I'm still here, and I love you, and I support you. Right. Yeah, that that's the that's the standpoint we live in. That's that's and that's what we're. That's our goal, right? We're all working toward is, I mean, that's why we're here in the physical mm-hmm. form, I believe, is to just grow in in understanding, to grow in love, um, allowing each person to be who they are. You know, you bring into this world your personality, your gifts, your talents, and you hopefully expand and add to those. And, you know, but I think there's so much conditioning in our in our cultures and in, and, and through, you know, our organized religions, you know, of, Mm. um, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe all of these doctrines and follow all this and, you know, to be a good, whatever, however you want to identify yourself. And so there's still a lot of, there's a lot of, there are a lot of limitations and a lot of, um, rules that are given to, you know, assigned to what love is. And I, I don't get it. You know, I, I, I've, ever since we've been kids, you know, we've, we've had family members and friends who are gay, lesbian, trans, you know, whatever, however they identify. And they're all beautiful, marvelous, wonderful people. And Mm -hmm. I've never understood how we can put limits on love and say, this love is good, but this love is not good you know, and, and to, to judge it as any love as less than, you know, because love is the purest, highest goal, you know, that we're all called to yeah, is to love each other. And so, yeah. So I just have tremendous um, admiration and affection for, yeah, for, transparency i think is the word you use yeah of of glennon doyle and abby and sharing their story with the world and i just just want to meet them and give them a big hug (laughs) (laughs) tell them i think they're awesome they're awesome awesome people i want to hang out yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah i just i just fell in love with them all reading reading her book yeah um it, it was it was so inspired, yeah, and I think it was fun to see parallels between the things that she's talking about and trying to do and and you know in her journey that with us you know things that we're trying that to we've do, been things that we've been through learned absolutely and yet still learn so much from her yeah. um, that's again that's that's why we do this because we um you know somebody might hear something in in what we talk about in our stories that resonates with them, helps them think about things in a little bit different way, helps them learn something, helps them grow. We've learned from so many people along the way. That's absolutely. Just wanna, that's why we're here to help yeah, each other. Be part of that, that s- give- circle of learning and yeah. support. That circle of love. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to love everybody. Yes. We just want, to, we just want everybody to get along. Can we? Yes. Can we? You make- go be you. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go be me. And that's fine too. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't have to be exactly alike. Thank God. You right. know. <laughs> right. Thank the source. Whatever you want. However you want to word it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just, 
It's wonderful. And I, I love seeing all the different perspectives out there and hearing mm-hmm. um, new thoughts, new ideas. Um, and that's, that's what storytelling is about. It's learning from other people's experiences in life. Yeah. There, we all have something to learn from each other. Yeah. And, and so and being fully who you are is so important. Yes. Because if you're, if you're hiding behind a mask or you're trying to pretend to be something else, you're not fully here. And we need you to be fully here. Yes. Everybody needs to be fully yes. here in the now. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's so awesome because, um, you know, certain things, it, there, there's a lot of people with very similar messages out there, but, but the things that, that I was speaking for me as we're, as we're doing particularly this series of, you know, people that we love and, and why we love them. Um, it sometimes it's the way you say it. It's the language. It's the anecdote that you share. It's like, Oh, like hit, like, like that connection I made with, Oh my God, that conversation I had with my daughter, right. It was exactly yeah. that conversation. So it's, so everybody is telling a story. It could be super similar to many other people out there, but you're telling it in a way that, that someone that, that this particular group of people can hear it where maybe, you know, they couldn't hear what, what somebody else with a similar message was saying. And that's, that's why I never feel like there's too many of us out there trying to, trying to share because you never know who you're going to click with, who's going to, who's going to speak to you in a way that really Absolutely. is helpful. So. Absolutely. That's exciting. We're all needed. Yes, we, <laughs> we are. We wouldn't be here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Call back to yeah. Dr. Kim. One of the things, I don't think we talked about this when we talked about her, but she always said, whenever you have an idea to do something, it's because there's somebody out there in the universe who's calling for it. Right. Oh, that's so cool. I love that idea because if you, cause like out of nowhere, you could say, you know, I need to go do X and it might be cause there's somebody, and she says it's because there's somebody out there who's saying, I really need X. Well, how can I find X? <laughs> right. And that's where creativity comes from. And I love that this idea that, yeah. you know, that, that, that we're all connected. We know we're all connected. That consciousness. Yeah. yeah. And so that, so that the calling for something is the beginning of somebody else coming to do it and, and satisfying. So our seven listeners, yes, we're calling to us. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we're doing this for you. That's right. The seven of them, they're, they're our husbands and our children, but oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) they count. They, they do count. count. We all count. And, and, and maybe they need to hear our stories for the 100th time because they weren't listening the first go, first few go arounds. Oh, shoot. All right. We might need to wrap this up. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So, well, thank we we love thank, you. We love you, Doyle. We love yes, you, we Abby. Do. We love your we family. We do. We do. Many, many blessings. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yes. We, and we thank you all for being with us again this week. Uh, and until yes. next time, we wish you so much love, so much light. And so many, many blessings. Absolutely. Be well. Bye.